Let's talk a bunch of different topics. How her career get there. This is a podcast with Lauren Asgari. This is the Lauren Asgari podcast, How'd Her Career Get There? And my guest today is Gabrielle Welter, who is a senior loan officer at Primary Residential Mortgage. Welcome, Gabby. Thank you. I'm super excited to be on with you today. Me too. Me too. Let's, um, let's jump right into it. For starters, we'll, we'll start kind of uh, present day, quick overview um, okay. of what you do, and then we'll kind of go backwards. So um, for starters, I know that you specialize in reverse mortgages, so we will get to uh, get to that a bit later. But just kind of give an overview um, about what you do um, and yeah, and your industry, and then we'll go from there. Okay. So I have been in the mortgage industry for about two years now. So kind of new to that. I've been in financial services for about twelve. Um, So I'm at Primary Residential Mortgage, and I work with both doing like traditional loans, somebody's going to buy a new house, they're going to refi, and then specialize with um, seniors doing the reverse mortgage. And it's just been a great opportunity for me. I love the industry. When I first was... um, I had a friend that was a a loan officer that says, you know, do mortgages, do mortgages. And I'm like, eh. (laughs) It doesn't sound too interesting to me, Um, but it's absolutely a fantastic place to be, especially with the housing market now and just a lot of flexibility in my work schedule and and I work out of my home office, so that's nice too. I definitely actually want to take the time to ask it now. Um, Yeah, with the housing, I mean, just housing prices and everything going up, I mean, has it just been crazy? I mean, the mortgage industry in general? Yeah, it's just been like, it's nonstop, you know, and it doesn't really seem like it's going to end anytime soon, which is a good thing. So yeah, it's a good time to be a realtor and a good time to be a loan officer for sure. There you go. So let's go back. Let's get get in our time machine and go back to, um, to Gabby as a little girl. So give kind of some context. Where were you born? Only child? Did you have siblings? What were you like as a little girl? Uh, Let's start there. Oh, you know, it's so funny that you bring that up because just yesterday I still talked to my best friend from elementary school. Like she's still my best friend today. Oh my God, and, me too. And really? Yeah. Easy. Like those bonds can just be so strong. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, so I'm 45 and it's, you know, it's, it's not always on the phone. A lot of times it's just over text, but she was at her mom's house yesterday and dug up a bunch of old pictures. So she was sending me like, pictures from sixth grade, seventh grade, you know, and uh, she, she gives me a lot of um, flack sometimes because I don't always pick up the phone when she calls. And so she said she was going to file a missing persons report on me. And I said, if those pictures show up socially on social media, you will be the missing person. <laughs> I don't think any of us want to go back to our sixth grade photo, right? Oh my gosh. No, definitely not. <laughs> Um, so I have two sisters. I have one older and one younger. Um, so I'm in the middle and grew up in, uh, Northwest Indiana, mm-hmm. uh, born and raised. And like I, I told you earlier, stuck here because I reproduced. So <laughs> that really leaves us. I still have my youngest is 13. I have three boys, um, 13, 16 and 20. Oh, wow. So, Those teenage years. I know. Do you have kids? I do. Two girls, eight and five. 
Oh, gosh, they're so pretty fun and like you. I know, I know. My eight-year-old still, like, thinks I'm amazing, but sometimes I I feel it creeping in. Like, I was on a um, a work call the other day. Like, uh, I was dropping her off at school and was on a a meeting where, you know, we were on video. And uh, she was getting out of the car. And, like, usually she gives me kisses all the time, but, like, didn't want to do it in front of, like, my, my work. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, it's starting. But then like when I went off video, I got a big smooch. So that was worth uh, it. Uh, yeah, I'm envious of you because those days are, are behind me. The 13-year-old is like, you know, he's still let me snuggle a little bit, but then he's like showing me that he has armpit hair and developing <laughs> abs. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that being uh I have two girls, so I don't know, but my friends that have boys say like yeah. the you know, boy mom, like the relationship is like super I guess it is with your kids in general, but like a, a very special relationship. The mom Yeah, side. I don't like I can't relate. I come from, you know, like I said, I had two sisters, so I know there's like a whole world of karma waiting for me out there. So I was glad that I didn't have any girls because we were definitely a handful for my mom. Um, and yeah, I definitely, but I don't lack, like, I'm kind of a girly girl, you know, mm-hmm. into makeup, into clothes. And so all my friends are like, you need a girl, you need a girl. But I definitely don't lack any, like, closeness or, you know, affection or anything mm-hmm. like that. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, kids just in general are awesome. Just a, a blessing to have them. So I certainly. completely agree. Yeah. So, so go back to when you, so one of three, and then what were you, what were you like as a, as a kid and, and talk a little bit also, if you will, about, um, so Indiana, like paint a picture of like the town, was it like a big town, a small area? Like you were out roaming until, you know, six 30 when your parents rang the dinner bell, like a little context into that. That's funny because like, it's interesting to hear, you know, like what your picture of Indiana would be. Um, it's probably pretty close to what you think it would be. Like they say that there's more than corn in Indiana, but there's not a whole lot more than corn in Indiana. Um, it was, it was small towns. Like the few towns that I've lived in have all been pretty small. And yeah, back in the day where you could ride your bike across a busy road and your parents, you know, didn't have a tracking device on you or, uh, weren't texting you, you know, once every hour. So it was good. I mean, I had a good childhood growing up, um, family bike rides and, you know, the area was, was fun. Mm-hmm. If now they'll take me to present day <laughs> and, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have chosen to stay here. Mm-hmm. Um, just mostly from a climate standpoint, you know, give me some water, give me some mountains, not a lot of landscape here yep. in the yeah. I'm with you. What were you, um, do you remember as a kid, and, and I don't like to use this, like, what did you want to be when you grow up? Because I feel like it, it implies that, like, we can't constantly evolve and just do, you know, what what serves us um, or serves the world at the time. So, but do you remember as a kid thinking, like, I'm interested in this, or I would like to do this, like, you know, for a profession when I get older? Like, Definitely. Yeah. So, um, I like that question though, cause it reminds you of being a dreamer and, and thinking like, where does your passion lie? You know, and it's easy as we get older, mature, and then we have to worry about like how much schooling is there going to be? How much is going to cost? What am I going to make? Is it pay enough? You know, I wanted to be a writer. I really, really wanted to be a writer. Um, and then I, I kind of wanted to be like a psychologist, uh, 
so neither of those things happened <laughs> as I, as I got into high school. Um, then I started getting a little more like, like, you know, can I really make it at writing? And to be a psychologist is a lot of schooling. My dad was a dentist. And so I'm like, maybe I'll be a dental hygienist. Like mm-hmm. it's not that schooling. It collects flowers and make decent money. Um, that's one of those thank God for unanswered prayers moments. <laughs> every six months I go to the dentist and thank my, you know, thank goodness that I'm not a dental hygienist, you know, I'm glad they exist. We need them. Um, But yeah, definitely. That was like the, you know, I'm going to do something that is not a lot of schooling, you know, yeah, I'm not not a fan of the studies. (laughs) What kind of of writing were you into? Like fictional writing or? So I did like, yeah, fictional. So I did like, I wrote, I used to write poetry. I have like all these cute little poems from when I was a little kid. And then, um, yeah, fictional stories. So, and I was a huge reader, like even at birthday parties, family gatherings, like I was just known for having my nose in a book and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, loving to read. So now I feel like every time I read, I walk away with a to-do list. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's self-help or, you know, how to get organized, how to sell, whatever, but I, I still enjoy it a lot. Yeah. I love that. I love that inspiration of like a good podcast or a good book. And then you walk away with like inspiration to go do something different or yes. new or try something. Yes, yeah. definitely. So, all right. So writer, dental, dental hygienist. Um, what was the third thing that you said? Maybe, uh, oh, psychologist, psychologist yeah. or therapist. Yeah. Okay. So those things evolve. Um, how do you go from take kind of through an abbreviated version of how you go from being interested in those things to what puts you or landed you? Yeah. In financial services. So, um, okay. I was, I told you I wasn't really a fan of school. Right. So I joined a program and I don't know if they had this in your high school where if you got a job, like your junior, senior year, you could actually leave early and go to work. So I joined a program like that and I started at a computer store in town. It was like on our downtown square, you know, and they built custom computers and we're going back, you know, like some 45. So we're going, we're going back a while and they built custom computers there. And I just started in the, in the front, you know, as a, like, uh, basically a clerk, Mm -hmm. um, and a cashier or whatever salesperson in the front. and the gentleman that owned the store asked me if I had any interest in learning how to build a computer. And I was like, yeah, that would be so cool. Like I would love to do that. So he kind of took me under his wing and I ended up transitioning completely to the technical end of it and working as a field technician, like going out to businesses, if they were installing new computer systems or whatever, one of the computers were broken. And I just really enjoyed it because it was a, it was a lot of troubleshooting. So, you know, diagnosing a problem, solving it. And to me, that was rewarding. So I was like, wow, this is something that I'm into. And there went uh, dental hygiene school <laughs> sailing <laughs> off into the, the distance. And, um, you know, broke the news to my dad that I, I didn't want to do that anymore. So I pursued a career in computers and worked in that field for probably close to 10 years until 
I started to have children. Mm-hmm. So, and then um, morphed, kind of moved away from that and was, had my real estate license for a while. I was trying to find jobs where I was able to be home with the kids a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah. morphed into that and um, then actually ended up just completely being at home. You know, my kids are about three years apart, like I yeah. said. So it just got to the point, you know, daycare so incredibly expensive it that is. um and they're just that was the most important thing to me at the time and I wanted to have that time with them so I was out of the you know working industry at all for until my youngest was about four years old so well let's let's not be mistaken. Motherhood is work. I mean it is Okay, you're right. So you're you're so right, right? I mean, gosh, I completely agree with you on that. But I, um, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, tax it's very taxing and re- and rewarding, but definitely. So when I went when I was like, okay, you know, I'm ready to have a little more adult interaction and I've been through this with the other two, you know, the youngest is four, what what can I do? Like, I couldn't just go back into the computer industry. You can't after that amount of time, you know, over 10 years had passed and I just wasn't qualified anymore. So I literally asked my, um, was it a baseball game? I knew one of my son's friends uh, that he played baseball with. The dad owned an insurance company and we're standing there watching the game. And I said, hey, what does it take to get your insurance license? Would you hire me, you know, if I got it? And any insurance agency owner will say, yes, I will hire you if you get your license. Anybody. <laughs> and also any mortgage company will say, I will hire you if you get your license. So anybody out there trying to find a new career, there you go. Because <laughs> um, that's the tough part is just get your license. And, and he did. So literally started there in the very beginning, took my, he was, you know, small town of Lowell, Indiana, where I still live now. He let me take my son into the office in, in the beginning until I got him into a preschool program. And I started in insurance. And two years later, had an opportunity to, um, one of my friends that, so, so I'm going to say this really quick and, and you know. Stop me. I could get long-winded. Like I said, my nickname is Gabby. <laughs> um, but when you think of like the small town, sometimes I think I don't realize how small a town I live in until you're talking to somebody else about it. So my insurance agent, when I bought my first home, worked also worked at this company where I started. So he, um, you know, this is years later and where we find ourselves working together. But he went to, over to Allstate and, and became like, he went to like the corporate side of Allstate. They were looking for people to take an aptitude test to see if you could open up an agency. You have to take one of those personality tests. Mm -hmm. And if you, you know, like, what do you do when you're approaching a yellow light? Do you slow down? (laughs) Do you speed up? (laughs) Um, And depending on your answer, if you open an agency and if, they don't think you're fit for it, what you wait a year and take it again. He needed people to take that test. And so I took it and they deemed me fit to be an Allstate agency owner. So with no real intention to do that, I ended up um, two years after getting my insurance license, opening my own Allstate agency. 
And so I did, and I started, you can buy a book of business or you can start from scratch, you know, zero customers day one. And that's what I did. And I did that for just under five years, which was a lot of fun. Wow. And that is, so, so two questions before we, we shift to what you're doing now. It, going back into, I'll call it corporate, corporate life or corporate America, was that at all like daunting might be the wrong word, but do you remember like having a emotion about that? Like, was it excitement? Were you nervous? Because it is an adjustment going from, you know, working in the home to going back to corporate. Right. You know, it was super exciting. Like it was, I, I'm kind of one of those, I like projects anyways, you know, mm-hmm. like sometimes I have to watch myself because I, you know, I've got three projects going. I know a lot of us can be guilty of that. You're like, okay, maybe I should finish number one <laughs> before I add number four. <laughs> um, so it was a project, you know, and it was, and it was exciting to be like, to feel like I had so much control over my own destiny and success, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and of course, a relief. The kids were in school most of the time, you know, so I knew I didn't have like a lot of guilt, you know, so I feel like all of us moms are like, nobody talks about the guilt, mom guilt, yep. <laughs> mom guilt that we experience um, that I, I think a lot of dads don't have to worry about so much. So it was, um, yeah, it was a really exciting time. And I just, what I did find was having employees, you know, had some similarities to having children and, you know, thank goodness some people really embrace that and excel at it. I, I don't feel like I was the best at it. Like I love being, I love being in charge of myself. I didn't so much love being in charge of others. What, Um, What about that? Because I think that's a real, I mean, obviously it's a real thing that, producers or people that are good at their jobs don't always mean that they will be good at management. So people that do the job. It's so true because like, it's, you know, I, that boss that I had that owned the insurance company, he said something that I thought was so profound and like stuck with me, which is, um, he said, I, you know, I focus on identifying what somebody is, what their strengths are, and what their weaknesses are as an employee and put them in a position, you know, where they can utilize their strengths. And sometimes that means some restructuring or whatever. And it's true. Like we're, we all have different qualities that we're good at. And I am not the best leader. Like, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I can't, um, I don't have a lot of patience, honestly. Like I never want to, one of those people, like I never want to make anybody feel stupid about a question that's asked because I know what that's like. You know, so I think that from that standpoint, um, you know, I'm good to work with, but I also am like, you know, if I said we were going to do it like this and I already said it two times, <laughs> I'm still not doing it. And now I can say it again, like, you know, <laughs> and then trying to deliver that, like in a nice way when you're really thinking like, why are we talking about this for the third time? This is now, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. So I was kind of like, hmm. I still need a job that has like flexibility and where I am kind of in charge of, you know, what I make, but not so much the people underneath me and stuff. So I, I'm telling you, nobody thought it was a good idea for me to sell that agency. I didn't have one person on my side and they're like, why would you, you know? And I'm like, no, this is, 
I, it was great. I have no regrets, but I want to sell it and I want to do something else. So, so you built that four years from with no leads? Yeah, with no, yeah, you, you start with like your dad's your customer, you know, it's your like, cousin's favorite. Yeah. So what was it's, that? I have to, I have to get in the time machine again about, I'll spend 30 seconds on this. What was that like? Because I think, you know, in, in, I don't want to say necessarily sales, but like when you're building a book of business from nothing, like that is work, right? I mean, that is smiling and dialing and relationships. Like talk a little bit about kind of the grind of doing that and like what it really takes to, to do something like that. Yeah. So like you're lucky in the sense that, you know, everybody needs insurance. So at least you're selling a product that pretty much everybody has to have. Um, but it's, it really is a lot about relationship. And, you know, my husband jokes with me because, you know, I think I had switched his insurance to me within like four weeks of, you know, us dating <laughs> and switched to someone auto. But he said, after we've been together for a while, he said, I don't even think I've had a conversation with my insurance agent directly ever in all the years I've been with him. He's like, you know, everybody's life story. <laughs> and it's, and it's true. I will have people come up to me in a bar or I'm out somewhere and say, you know, Hey, da, da, da. and remember I was, ta- I was going through a divorce when we were talking about, you know, you give me some advice or whatever. Maybe that's that whole psychologist thing coming into play. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I just wanted to, you know, um, but I do, I really enjoy interacting with people. I'm a very social person. So that part of it was, was cool. You don't get a lot of lock-ins though anymore in the insurance business. It's a lot of over the phone transactional, you know, type stuff. So mm-hmm. It was nice when I had the customers that would actually come in, you know? Yeah. Well, in the relationship piece, I mean, you nailed it. I feel like in any service-based business, relationships are, I mean, it's it. Like there's no magic bullet. There's no substitute for, you have to put in the time and you have to put in the work and you have to care about the, the customer or client that you're providing business for and, and understanding really what their needs are. So I can tell from talking to you that like, not only are you energetic and personable, but like you get that and like, I mean, obviously have built a career on that. So thank um, you. Thank you. Yeah. I truly enjoy people like just mm -hmm. in general, you know? Yeah. So, so how do you go from insurance to, um, what you're doing now? So I I decided I'm going to sell the agency, right? Everyone thinks I'm insane. Um, I have a lot of friends that are uh, entrepreneurs and I had a fair amount of connection with loan officers, right? Because they were lead based for me because they be they close a loan. That loan would need, you know, homeowners insurance. Um, so I do, I was actually gonna go into the food service industry where I was gonna be a, a rep going into the restaurants, um, you know, taking the daily orders, which I thought was gonna be so cool because like I love food, I got to travel, you know, I'm good with like my carby in my office. Uh, so that was my goal and that job didn't pan out. Funny enough, that job just became available again. I got a text about a week ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. I lost out to somebody that had, uh, experience in the industry. So I got, I got pretty far along in the interview process, actually took a couple months and then somebody came over from another, you know, company and stuff. So I'm like, it's food. What are you going to know? Like, you know, (laughs) 
I can talk meat, potatoes, dessert. I'll design the menu. <laughs> Let me have at it. <laughs> so anyways, but it's, it's kind of cool because I got approached about, about a week or so ago. My friend texted me and said, hey, the position opened up. You know, you're still interested. And I said, I, I really love what I'm doing now. So no yeah. thanks. It's kind of that weird, like things happen for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so to answer your question, I'm living off my Allstate money, right? <laughs> And I am at the gym for an hour and a half a day because I have nothing else to do. <laughs> and it just slowly like creeps up as it, the more time I have off, you know, and I'm, I'm interviewing different places. I'm really not sure what I want to do. And I've got a friend that um, is bugging me to get my mortgage license and I'm just not interested. So about three months into this non, you know, I'm, I'm living the life of unemployment I, I start to feel like a loser, to be honest. <laughs> I'm like, my husband's at work, my kids are at school, I'm home, I'm, I'm just spending money because I have nothing else to do. So I'm like, as much as I hate school and I hate these tests, and I have my life and health, my property and casualty, my Series 6, my Series 63, my loan officer license, I've had my real estate, I've been through all these like tests that just stink. I'm like, I'm going to do it again. Just so I feel like a productive human. I'm going to get this mortgage license. I don't even know if I want to go work in the industry. So I did it. And honestly, Lord, that is the one test that if, if I was a betting woman, I bet I was going to fail on that. And I was getting, my kids were old enough. They were going to know. Everybody was just going to think that I was terrible. And I, man, by the skin of my teeth, I, I passed it. And that's how I ended up in the, the world of mortgages. And I, I love it here. Like, and then from there, got into, um, like we mentioned earlier, the reverse mortgages. Mm-hmm. So the reverse mortgages for seniors, which is, which is honestly a little bit of a different animal because they're not absolutely necessary. So like people need a loan, they come to you because they have to, you know, they're buying a house or they, they want to refi. Um, it's an optional product. Um, and it's different because you're really helping people in a lot of those situations. So I have, um, I did a reverse mortgage for a woman whose house had been sold at tax sale and she was literally within her redemption period. So it was already sold and she was just trying to redeem it. And, and she just, the reverse mortgage saved the house. Um, and then there's other instances where people are, they're perfectly good financially, um, but they're just trying to make some smart retirement decisions and manage their money and the reverse mortgage makes sense. So, and what is, so for those, um, it's funny, my, my, a couple of years ago, my mom was talking about this, which quite honestly is the primary reason that I uh, know of them or understand them a bit. But for those that don't like, what is a revert, a reverse mortgage? Who is it helpful for in what scenarios should people maybe consider them? Okay. So sure. So um, the traditional reverse mortgage is for your individual that's over 62. They, there's different um, breeds that, you know, you could get a little bit younger, like as soon as 55. But traditionally, you're going to be 62 or older. You can either have your house paid off. A lot of people would think that you have to have your house paid off. But no, you can still have a mortgage on it. So, and the reverse mortgage actually pays that off when you're basically tapping into your home equity. So whatever your house is appraises, appraises for, it's a combination of there's 
your age is a factor. So the older you are, the more equity you can tap into. Um, but, but when you think about if you own your home, right, you have in your, you're in your retirement years and, or maybe you're still working, but you're over 62, your home's paid off and yay, we don't have a payment. You know, that's awesome. That's a great accomplishment. However, that 200, 250, 350,000, whatever it is, home, all that money, it's, it's almost like I picture it like behind a brick wall. Like you can't really do anything with it. You just have eliminated the cash outlay, right? So the reverse mortgage makes that money liquid. So now you can either supplement your income. Um, if, you, if it's something where it's need-based, you can use it to take vacation, to remodel the home, um, whatever. So to actually just to invest, to make that money work for you. So a lot of misconceptions are that your home has to be paid off and it doesn't, um, that the bank has title to the house and that they get the house when you pass away, which they don't. They don't have any, they have the same lien that they have when you have a regular mortgage on the house. And when you, when you pass away, your heirs, whoever you're leaving the house to is in charge of that. So if they want to keep it, or if they want to sell it, those are those are transactions that the heirs have to take care of, not the bank, unless they choose not to do anything. And eventually, it will default back to the bank. Sure. Um, that they are, you know, that there's the reverse mortgage, the Hackham reverse mortgage, the home equity conversion mortgage is um, overseen by HUD, and so there are a lot of like government regulations that say. You know, you have to go through one hour of counseling before you do the mortgage. It's it's very protected, you know, because we are dealing with seniors, mm-hmm. and it is a little it is a little scary sometimes. Some of the people that I talk to, you know, you you can tell they're not they're starting to forget things and they're not fully you know with it. So um, it's probably one of the safest products that you can actually, you know be a part of or a move that you can make for your home. So let me ask you for a second. When you when you were looking at it, your mom you said was looking at it? Yeah, she was looking, she ended up not not doing it. Um didn't need didn't feel like she needed to financially do it right now, but she was considering it. Yeah. So I think a lot of the hurdle is emotional. It's like because you feel like seniors feel like they're taking on debt, you mm-hmm. know? Which is funny because I say like you know, we spent our lives putting money into our 401k, social security, our investment accounts, knowing that one day we're rightfully gonna tap into that money and it's gonna start it's gonna start going the other way, right? We're gonna start using it. But for some reason, when it comes to the house, a lot of people just don't feel like they're able to use that money or that they're taking from the legacy they're leaving their children if they use that money, you know? Which yeah. Well, and you, you touched on something there, the misconception part, um, at least it was, and again, it was surface, surface layer research, um, by, on, on my, by my, on my part, I should say. Um, but that the, yeah, that the bank, I didn't realize that it, I thought that the bank does, does get the asset. Yeah. yeah so there and you, you know, go. You myth busted right there for all me. All right. Well, fair score. <laughs> um, and the funny thing is, is I have had conversations with people that were like, I went into my bank and talked to them about a reverse mortgage and they told me that the bank owns the home. Well, what it was is 
no, the most, the banks now, they, they, there was some transition and everything that happened in the reverse world. And a lot of banks had pulled out. So you can't, again, even if a loan officer, a lot of times isn't actually educated on what the reverse mortgage product is. So they're literally giving misinformation out, you know, and deterring someone away from a product that could be literally life-changing. Mm-hmm. I did reverse mortgage for a woman that was 82 years old and she lived in a, I think her house appraised for 309000 Um, Beautiful home. She had a $182,000 mortgage on it because she had, she was, it's a long story, but she was taken advantage of, tried to help somebody out. They ran up a bunch of money on her credit cards. So four years prior, at 78, she walks into the bank and, you know, has all this debt and everything and rolls it into a new mortgage, like a significant amount, a car loan and everything. This person totally took advantage of her, but she rolls it into a new mortgage. So now at 82, she's sitting there with, I think she had like a $900 principal and interest payment on her mortgage. And she was struggling. Like she, you know, she's on a fixed income and again, in this beautiful home and she just didn't have enough money at the end of the month. And my problem was, I mean, I was able to go in there and it was such a great feeling to help her. And she was literally like near tears, like, texting me for weeks after the transaction. I'm so happy. I feel I've got my pride back. I'm not struggling to pay my bills. But I'm like, why at 78 did you go into a bank and nobody said, have you thought about doing a reverse mortgage? Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, even though they don't do, I'm like, hey, do you you know what a reverse mortgage is? This might be the better option for you. Um, instead of literally taking on a bigger mortgage that late in life. So there's just a lot of lack of education out there. And you know what? This can be like a plug, but I have a website. Yes, perfect. <laughs> Myhousecounts.com. And on there, I've done some little, um, nothing fancy, uh, sitting in the same stool in my kitchen that I am right now because I don't like the lighting in the office. <laughs> um, videos on what a reverse mortgage is and different ways to utilize it and stuff too. So, okay, perfect. I'm going to link that up. I'm going to link that, um, up in the episode, myhousecounts.com. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Perfect. Um, so you, and you just touched on a little bit there and I, I want to be mindful of our time. So I know we have a couple minutes left and I want to get to a couple, um, other questions with you. What is the best part of your job and what's kind of the underbelly or the less glamorous side of either your job or the industry? So the best part of my job is the, with, with, with the reverse mortgages, I, I have to say this because it really does break down the passion for me, you know, and once the passion went away with like, a, with the, with growing the business, that's what was exciting about the Allstate, not selling insurance, you know, growing the business was exciting. Um, with this, it's, it feels like I'm making a difference in a, in a little way, you know, when I'm able to work with the seniors. And honestly, I'll never forget cracking open a Mike's Lemonade in the liquor store parking lot <laughs> when, when I was in the middle of trying to close on the house I built 15 years ago. Like, it's stressful to do even just a traditional mortgage. And I'm like, what have I become? I'm drinking in the liquor store parking lot. But it was, 
I didn't have a prescription for anything, so that was my only answer. So, I love that. I love the detail of the Mike's Hard Lemonade. Because yeah, like, on one level, I'm like, what am I doing? But um, it can be stressful. So even, even a traditional refire regular mortgage, you know, can just be a stressful process. So trying to ease that pain a little bit and establish a relationship with the client, make it a little fun, make it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it is what it is. It's a lot of documents. So um, I would say that would be, that's the good part, the relationship, the passion, the helping people. Um, the bad part is the documents. It can, mm-hmm. it can be a little tedious at sometimes, you know, sometimes. And underwriters, uh, well, I don't want it. This is going <laughs> to... It's just gonna live on. So I'm not gonna say you love all underwriters. None of them are over particular. Exactly. None of them are difficult. They're That's all never happened. They don't have any unresolved issues. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and what advice? Uh, two, two, three more questions, and then I'm gonna do rapid fire. Okay. So, um, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh my gosh, move. Number one, move. <laughs> move before you move before you breed in the area <laughs> to a warmer climate. Um, don't be afraid. Like, don't be afraid of the school. Don't be afraid. At the end of the day, like we want to go to bed happy and wake up happy. And so, you know, sometimes you're gonna put in a little more work to get there, you know, and you know how it is. We all know, especially at this point, how fast time goes. And when we're young, time seems like it's, it's, everything seems like it takes forever, you know? So commit to, if it's college or, or whatever trade area you want to be in, don't be afraid of the time commitment. And for goodness sake, see the world and get, you know what I mean? No matter where you live, see more of the, even just the United States, because I haven't traveled as much as I want. And so now I'm trying to make up for it. I love that one. I love to see the world or whatever outside of your own world. See, and explore yeah. what you can. I love that. Um, talk a little bit, and, and this is an open-ended question, but we touched on it earlier. I think it's an important topic. Talk a little bit about the mom guilt where, and wherever you want to take that question, like what it means to you. Do you still have it? Do you get around it? Do you just accept um, it and move on? Like, you know, I wish I wish I could say I don't have it. I wish I could say I accepted it. I probably, I, I, honestly, if I was going to rate myself, I probably carry a little bit more than I should. Um, meaning, you know, I drive my kids to school in the morning. I pick them up. I've been through a divorce. So I've shared custody of my kids now. So the time that I have with them feels so precious, you know. And I am like literally, I told you I have a brand new puppy. And I was thinking yesterday, her name is Journey, but I'm like, I shouldn't name her Shadow because I was calling her Shadow. She follows me everywhere I go. I am now my children's shadow. (laughs) Will you spend time with me? Do you want to watch a show? Can we play Monopoly? Let me make your smoothie. Like, I'm just trying to get as much as I can. Um, But I'm, I'm always feeling guilty. And honestly, like, I don't, I don't know. As your kids get older, you'll see this more than any of us should, mm-hmm. you know, cause they're actually a lot more forgiving. And I mean, my kids are like, mom, get a life, get a friend. Go out of town. I'm good. I got it. <laughs> oh, so funny. yeah, I don't know for all those, for all the moms out there, like just trying to be so hard on yourself. 
you know? I mean, I know looking back, my mom's gone now. And um, I, you know, I was a beast growing up. I was a, I told you I was a rowdy teen with my sisters and stuff and, and a lot of talking back and everything. And I look back now and I'm like, she was a saint in my eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she did such a great job. So I don't know what my kids are going to say that about me, but hey, if I'm gone, what do I care? Right. <laughs> I'm and how, how do you, this is my last question, then I'm going to go to rapid fire because I know we have a, a time crunch. Okay. Um, I could talk to you for hours though, I must say. Um, I know, let's go. <laughs> what, uh, how do you define success? It is absolutely not money. And we all, I feel like, Everybody, no matter what walk of life you come from, at some point you have probably experienced, you know, most people, some kind of money stress. And even though, yes, it can be huge and it can weigh on us, it, it is not the most important thing and it's not how you should define success. It's whatever gives you gratification. You know, sometimes I feel like maybe I'm a little selfish. Maybe the fact that I need the gratification from my job is because. Maybe I'm a little bit of a selfish person and I feel good about, you know, I'm doing it for me. But um, yeah, definitely just love what you do, you know, because it's going to, it's going to change everything. I'm so glad I'm that hygienist. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think it was, uh, was Jim Carrey. I'm going to butcher this, this quote that he said, but it was something along the lines of like, don't, you know, I wish everybody was rich so that they would see how much it doesn't matter. Um, and hopefully, you know, these past couple of years with the pandemic has reminded everyone of the things that, that do matter in life. So, so, yeah, so I'm true. With you. I'm totally with you on that. Um, all right, I'm going to go rapid fire. Okay. So these are five or six questions. Just I'm going to name two things. You pick whichever one, totally off context of what we've talked about so far. So, okay. All right. So Apple or Android? Oh, Android. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna get pushed back, but Android. <laughs> grass or <laughs> grass or sky? Oh, sky. Astronaut or deep sea diver? Ooh. Deep sea diver. Stone stone or brick? Stone. Beach or mountain? I'm gonna have to say mountain. And in sync or backstreet boys? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm terrible at this, but Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I'm actually not a big boy band person. It's like weird, but go ahead. <laughs> um, and let's see what was, oh no, I already missed that one. Oh, um, Ryan Reynolds or George Clooney? Last one. George Clooney. <laughs> Let me show my age a little bit, right? Ryan Reynolds is cute with George Clooney. <laughs> there you go. And how can, as we wrap up here, um, is there anything you want to mention that you haven't? And how can people best get in touch with you? Um, no, I think we've covered it all. Like you said, I mean, we could go on and on, but um, I really, really appreciate the opportunity. It was so fun talking mm-hmm. to you. Um, as far as getting a hold of me, the what do you want me to give like my email or I mean whatever the website all my contact info is on the website um that's probably the easiest thing to remember yeah myhousecounts.com perfect all right wonderful and again my guest was Gabby Welter senior loan advisor with primary residential mortgage specializing in reverse mortgages so get in touch with her myhousecounts.com I'll link it up in the uh in the write-up for this and thank you so much Gabby it was wonderful talking with you Yeah, you too. Have a great rest of your day. All right. Take care. Okay, you too. Bye-bye.
Let's talk a bunch of different topics. How'd her career get there? This is a podcast with Lauren Ascari.